everybody jack maloney here with friendly bounce hardwood praxis and basketball network a special episode of of a podcast to be named later i think it's number 15 i mean, i don't i'm not really sure i should know that but we're here with my my internet pal the good tweet twitter man ryan hebert formerly from new hampshire now chilling in in tennessee right yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what's up, man? I mean, not much. I just got home from the Bucks game, uh, Bucks against Blazers, which was like for three quarters the worst basketball I've ever seen. And then the fourth quarter just like took off, and Greg Monroe hit a game winner. Henson had a huge block at the end. Like it was really fun. Um, but yeah, um, the Bucks have been really disappointing this year. But tonight was fun. But anyways, we, yeah, uh, it, feels like, it feels like kids, the kid thing doesn't feel like it's working out <laughs> with them being in charge of like trades and stuff too. Yeah, it seems kind of like a math. It's just like like Monroe is not really clicking. Like Carter Williams is is bad at basketball, unfortunately. Uh, Jabari wasn't healthy to start. Like it's just honestly, best case scenario for them probably is to be really bad and get another top five pick and then move forward yeah. from there. But um, I think they'll I think they'll pull things together enough to to I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but at least be close. Like I don't I don't think they're gonna be abysmal the whole year. Yeah, I mean they still have a, a lot of room to grow with and like they didn't have a lot of they have a lot of youth <clears throat> with upside still. Oh. I, I worry about like the the night move. I understood it financially not being like a big market, especially with the kind of contract he's going to command, but it feels like a huge blunder at this point. Like, yeah. he, he's been really, really good this year and really seems to fit more what Giannis and Jabari do. So, right. But time will tell with it, but they basically, it all hinges on Jabari now, right? Like, yeah. basically how good he and Giannis can get. Right. It's like, uh, Knight, I mean, yeah, like you said, financially, it didn't make sense, especially when they decided to sign Middleton. Like, they went all in on Middleton. Um, like, Carter Williams just, the dude cannot cannot shoot, and Jabari and Giannis already can't shoot either. So, like, now you, now you, yeah. have, now you have three wing players, three perimeter guys who none of them can shoot. Like, Knight is out in Phoenix just knocking down threes left and right. It's, like, just disappointing, but... I, I mean, know. just the way he passes and the way that he operates and can shoot, it's like, he, he was the perfect fit. <clears throat> but the thing I was reading is, I think somebody on Twitter mentioned that, uh, I mean, Michael Carter-Williams basically demanded out of Philly or needed out of Philly mm-hmm. to some extent. And he has the same agent as kids. And a lot of those things come into play with, like, trades and free agency and stuff like that. Yeah. And just thinks when it's not about, like, the actual play and the, the actual fit within, like, the team confines. And if you look at the team now, like, Knight is... I can't believe 
anybody's traded night because he's looked pretty good the whole way through. Yeah. Um, Maybe other than that one moment with DeAndre where he jammed <laughs> on him, but, but basically he's, he's been a solid player. I feel like he's shown good things all along the way, but now he looks great. Yeah, it's like in in theory, Carter like the best the best case version of Carter Williams it feels like would be a perfect fit for this Bucks team. But he's just yeah. not he's not good. I don't like, like you think he should be, but he just does he just doesn't play well with, with this squad. I I don't know. It's like a theory like you have like this vision that if Carter Williams projects to him his best his best self would be yeah. better than with Knight, but Carter Williams can't reach it or hasn't reached it yet, and so like Knight is really actually a better fit, even though you know the ceiling might be higher with Carter Williams. But I don't think Carter Williams is ever going to get to that top floor. So I don't know. We'll have to. See. I mean, they're only Giannis and Jabari are like twenty years old, so <laughs> like yeah. we have a lot of time to to figure things out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, I'm still optimistic about their rebuild. I think they, they've done a pretty good job. That, that one move aside, uh, basically, the thing about Carter Williams is, it's like, it's like he's kind of like if Rondo did none of the good things that Rondo does. <laughs> and it's uh. like, it's like even when Rondo's good, the, the jury's still kind of out on whether or not he kind of fits into like the Warriors version of what the NBA is going to be. Right. Because, I mean, he's playing great, right? He's playing great right now, but it's not really announcing to a whole lot. I'm not saying that he's like the reason for the struggles or anything. Like the Kings are just a giant mess. But it's like he's playing good, and it still isn't impacting an offense like positively. <laughs> and Carter Williams is like if Rondo had no feel for offense, <laughs> he still had all of the issues that Rondo had. Yeah, I I, I, was, I was actually at the Kings, the Kings Bucks game, the other day. And Rondo just absolutely torched him the whole night. It was, oh, yeah. It was so bad. And, like, you're just, you're thinking about it. Like, it's so weird to watch him play because neither of them paid any attention to the other guy when they didn't have the ball on offense. Yeah, And just completely great. roamed. Like, But then when they did have the ball, Rondo was just... It's unbelievable. His, his vision and, like, passing ability is just insane. I, did did you see I mean, his, his understanding uh, of when 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 and where people will be at all points in time is just like next level. Did you see his like, behind the back against the Thunder the other night? Oh, that that rebound pass that he made, yeah, was unbelievable. It was like, what? Like, <laughs> why are you even trying that? <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was just like it felt like a transcendent play. He's like. Like, one, he's, he skies, like, way higher than any of the big men do. His arms are already longer than the big men, so it looks, yeah. like, it looks totally ridiculous. <laughs> and then just, like, just the touch on that pass, I've never, I've never seen people, I've never really seen another player who makes those split-second kind of weird plays like he does. It's... I mean, it's, I mean he, he obviously has a lot of flaws that, like, make it difficult for him. Or maybe his team's... It makes it a lot more difficult to rate efficiently in offense, but he just does some things that nobody else does. That's always been like the aware of him for me. He just—it's just like totally unorthodox. 
Yeah, it's completely unlike anything that really I've ever seen watching basketball. It's like his passing, his vision, and just aware court awareness is like better. He's like better at that than really anyone is at anything, except maybe Steph at shooting. It, yeah, it's just unbelievable how he how he sees things. But I mean, he he can't shoot whatsoever, and like it's that doesn't. Uh, always translate into being a you know a productive player but like that certain skill set is just it's so unreal and it's like it's more than anything it's just it's just watching him it's like such a fascinating <laughs> thing I, oh my god it's, it's like watching it's like it's like it's like an abstract artist or something <laughs> like that who just has a totally different view of life and how things work but it's like he does see all the angles that a lot of the great players saw. He sees them in ways that are much different. That like he just sees different creases and makes. I mean, LeBron makes a lot of those same passes too, which is. I mean, his path, LeBron's passing is like as far as I'm concerned, that's the most appealing part of his game. Like I just love watching good passers, so I was always like big LeBron. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous to watch him. I. I so much want him to be good. Like it makes me so yeah. it makes me so mad online when when people clown on Rondo. It's just like I mean besides Pierce, I don't think I've ever really like just loved watching a player more than Rondo. Yeah. He's he's definitely he's, he's probably my favorite Celtic ever. I don't think he's the best Celtic ever. Obviously Pierce has a longer history. In terms of the players that were on those teams, KG was like clearly the best historically. Mm-hmm. But Rondo is like that whole experience was just unique to being a Celtics fan at that time. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was like they weren't they weren't always good, but I would always had faith that they were going to win the game mentally and do something <laughs> that they just had like this weird slow way of passing that kind of mystified teams. I, I can't compare it to any other team that I've ever seen. It was like. I just had total belief that no matter how bad they looked, they would still pull out games. Yeah, and they honestly, I mean, they did a lot of times. But those, even the year they they won the title, and what, they won 60-something games, like, they they almost lost in the first round of the Hawks. Like, Yeah, and that was like, it, and everybody was freaking out about that, if I remember it. Correctly. Yeah. It was like, they're like, they People are so quick when it's like a different way of playing basketball to kind of like write it off. Like people were so quick to write off the Warriors. They, mm-hmm. they did that kind of similarly the whole way through with the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just they they had a weird way of like, especially considering how cagey is. They had a weird way of just kind of being lax at the wrong wrong moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, just completely over intense in some moments where you're just like, all right, Kevin, come on, buddy. <laughs> like, just take it back a few notches. And then you'd go through stretches where you're just like, guys, like, <laughs> they just went on a 12-0 run and, like, doesn't even look like anyone's paying attention. <laughs> one of the things was I always, I always kind of noticed, I think, I think KG burned the other star players out a lot of the time. I He's... think sometimes there was too much KG. He's like, so demanding. It, it, it especially seemed with Allen like he could get burned out with kind of KG's demeanor. But 
Yeah. It was that that whole that whole period of Celtics basketball. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was always fun, but it wasn't always great, and it was always stressful. But oh. for whatever reason, Rondo, Rondo more than anything else, I think it was like the mix, the mixture of KG being so consistent with his energy, Pierce always having that late game chops, plus Rondo being as creative as he was. It was just like totally unique to anything I've ever watched in sports. Yeah, it was. It was such a bizarre mix of, like you yeah. just you in and going from. That 07 team was one of the worst basketball teams like I've ever watched. It was so bad. It was wretched. And then you just went from this wholly, just complete unwatchable experience to like the best team in the league, but it wasn't always like super... It, like it was in no way like the Warriors, where you're just like, oh, I love watching the Warriors. It was like you were a huge fan and you loved it, but it wasn't this beautiful basketball where you're like, no, this that, is so that, great. Like, that was part of what, a huge part of what they did was based on taking everything about flow and taking it out of the game of basketball and just destroying you on defense. <laughs> I can't imagine what Daryl Morey thought just looking at their shot charts with KG and Pierce shooting like 15, 18 footers a night. <laughs> That was it, was, it was. It seemed okay the first year. It seemed like there was a much better mixture of three point shooters because they had, like, Posey and House made a huge difference. I don't think they ever really properly replaced that type of role yeah. on the team. Keon Dooling and Mikal Petrus. <laughs> that whole that whole season was like I don't even know what happened. <laughs> it was that, that was the most inexplicable part of the whole thing. What was that? Two thousand was that two thousand. Third, I don't even. I can't even remember. 2012, them, when they went to the, when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals versus LeBron and the Heat. That was 12, right? Yeah, it was 2012, and then the next year it looked like they were going to pull it off versus the Knicks when like when Bradley just went crazy in that fourth quarter yep. randomly. <laughs> yeah. But but 2012 was like it was terrible the whole way through. But I mean that was probably the worst <laughs> basketball. I <laughs> Finals. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, because Pierce, Pierce hit that cold-blooded uh, three in in LeBron's face. Um, but like, I, I have no, I, I still don't have any idea how they forced that that Heat team to seven games. That was like Pierce's corpse and Rondo just dragging them. <laughs> they were running out. I mean, that was... They were running out. Brandon Bass and Mikal Petrus, like they're like Mikal Petrus was their LeBron stopper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that whole that whole period was insane because it was like plus that was like KG looked totally cooked for like two years, <laughs> and then out of nowhere he, he just put together this like fever dream of a postseason. <laughs> he was he was genuinely looked like the best power forward in the in the playoffs that year. It was nuts. Yeah, that. I, w- I wish there was some way to I'm sh- there probably is but like to go back and watch that series because I I just like don't really remember it you know completely being that it's you know almost yeah. like four years ago now but it's, <laughs> I just don't remember how like, how did they take that Heat team to seven games that Heat team was like the best team of all time one of the best teams of all time yeah 
I feel like it was like a, a perfect storm of kind of like crap for the heat to deal with because it was like one boss had just boss missed the first few games I think like oh right game. yeah you're right able to play just strained his abdomen pretty badly and uh and it was just like a terrible mix of they lost that finals the year before so badly and there was so much scrutiny and it and it just so happened that they that the team they had to deal with was like this there's three or four star players in the world who just like paid no attention to their hype or they never got really intimidated yeah. by them in any way. So it was just the whole thing was like it was like I, I, I really don't know how the moment didn't just like crush the heat. When they when they were when the were up before Braun came and destroyed us at the garden, it was like that was probably the most pressure they ever faced. Probably uh, why they beat Oklahoma so easily afterwards. Yeah, I was I was one hundred percent convinced after Pierce hit that three to win Game Five. I I was already thinking about the finals. Like I didn't think there was oh, any yeah. way Le, LeBron was coming into into the Garden and beating them. Like that that oh, LeBron yeah. <laughs> that LeBron game in Game Six was like, the most depressing thing of all time. Honestly, I think that's his defining moment as a player. I mean. For me, that was like I've never seen any. I've never seen someone come out and just destroy a basketball team like that. And it was it was from, especially with those stakes in that arena. <laughs> yeah, like his history of just completely falling apart. You know, a, a few years earlier, and then like it was just right from the tip. Like <laughs> there's just there's no way the Celtics were winning. He had like forty eight and sixteen or something. <laughs> The whole time too, it was like it was like he was like a sociopathic axe murderer. <laughs> he just looked very cold the whole time, like he knew he was about to destroy everything around him. It was it was so nuts. Like I remember watching him during it, and it just didn't. It seemed like he was just like when you see someone like in total rage, but they're not showing any emotion. It was just yeah. horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's just nothing you could do. It wasn't. Like, he was hitting turnaround fadeaways, like, just getting to the rim at will. There was just, there was no hope. <laughs> I mean, they had, they, had, they had guys who had done a pretty nice job defending him. He, he just took him down into the post, and then when he was playing at that strong ball floor, that was, like, unbelievable. Like, him in the post was unbelievable. Just, like, his ability to get her lane off of that, off of just, like, one triple, and then can make all the passes and it was just that was probably the most impressive basketball game I've seen in, given the circumstances yeah it, it was unbelievable <laughs> and it's like to say to think he had to think he had like issues in games like that before it's like the garden has made like better pressure players than him will under that circumstance yeah so it's like that that was for me I always knew he was really good but that was like the thing for me that just that was like solidified in top ten, top five all time for me. It's unreal. Um, but anyway, speak, speaking of speaking of uh, LeBron in the Garden, I I think we got to talk about uh, the 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 Isaiah pick, which we uh, this we, is, we have to. This it, is the Isaiah pick demands that we discuss it. <laughs> This is this is the main reason we 
we got on we got on the phone to chat tonight is is the most legendary meme of all time. The Isaiah pick. Um so I mean <laughs> I don't even know how you like start talking about a meme, like <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, this, this is uncharted territory to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent a lot of time I spent a lot way too much time tweeting it. <laughs> and I always try to I always try to explain it to people, but I don't think unless they're in like this certain kind of like sub Twitter uh, <laughs> thing. They're not in it and they didn't actually see that moment and what like cost it to take place. They can't truly understand it. But I think it's like the most versatile my my whole brand is based on <laughs> this point in time. Like so you, I would kind of consider you like the father of like, I don't know if you were the one who had the original screenshot, but you're certainly, you're certainly the one who popularized it, as a. Yeah, as it, a, it just spoke to me immediately. The whole, the whole situation was so perfect, and that page was so perfect. I, I couldn't think of anything that better captured the essence of that <laughs> moment in the game and how stupid it was. So, all right, so it was. Last year's playoffs, game four, yeah, and the Celtics at the Garden, like they actually, like, they actually weren't getting blown out in those games, but it was it was very clear the Cavs were on a completely different level. Um, but anyway, it's oh, like yeah, it was like it was just like they were so outmatched in terms of personnel. <laughs> they so it's like a 10-point game with 40 seconds left or something. And Isaiah goes to the basket. They're like, the Cavs have given up at this point. They're not even guarding him. So Isaiah goes to the basket to cut it to eight. and But his momentum like carried him kind of by the stanchion. And so LeBron gets yeah. the ball out of the basket, and he doesn't realize he's there. And so they're both standing out of bounds, and Isaiah just comes up and hacks him. From from behind, while they're both standing out of bounds, and makes LeBron's pass go like straight to Avery Bradley, and the rest just yep. the rest just like ignored it. <laughs> it. I mean, I feel like I feel like they just wanted to get out of there. They didn't <laughs> care. LeBron. But, uh, the whole thing was like the whole thing is like that is the one player you do not get away with that call again. <laughs> and he got away with it in that moment, and he knew it, and it was just perfect. And LeBron was throwing a fit, like just screaming at the refs, and I, like we just rewatched the video, and the ref is just kind of standing, standing there with just a blank expression on his face, like pretending he has no idea what LeBron's talking about. It's just like <laughs> I mean, his his reaction is almost as good as I say it. It's part of the whole package, really. But the whole thing was. The whole thing was LeBron wasn't the only one freaking out, and the funny thing is, like, Cavs Twitter was freaking out about <laughs> it too, and it was like a totally like <laughs> irrelevant moment in the thing, and it was like there's just a really huge embodiment of what like the Cavs Celtics. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a rivalry, but it's more of like an ongoing feud between all parties. Yeah, it was, it was perfect. I feel like it was just so his layup made it eight, and then. They got fouled and hit two free throws to make it six, and mm-hmm. there was still like forty seconds left. And I feel like the Cavs fans were just so 
entrenched and just used to like epic collapses that they just immediately yeah. started freaking out like no this can't happen again like this is like that would have really been the most cleveland thing of all time to that the Celtics somehow came back and won that game like on it would it that would have been the stupidest result to the basketball <laughs> game I ever have seen. And but it was it was it was it was so funny because like the whole time it, it wasn't enough that the Cavs were beating us for the Cavs fans like they were mad that people were talking about Brad Stevens like becoming coach instead of Vlad and they when, were mad that people were talking about how like they're this great seven seed or great eight seed it was just like. They were so angry about the whole situation and just waiting for something like that to give them a chance to be mad about it. it and was o- so great. And Olenek, Olenek wrecking Love's uh, arm with his weird box-out technique. And then, like, the Cavs fans were just so hot about the Celtics. Anything that happened and Oh, and uh, didn't earlier in the game, like, Earlier in that game, Jr. like punched Roundhouse, punched uh, Crowder in the face, and uh, oh yeah, he nearly he nearly tore his ACL just by punching him. Because if you remember it, he folded really like unnaturally, yeah. and it looked like he had. <laughs> this is a guy going in off a pretty good second half of the season into free agency off of a pretty bad rookie deal. So it was like it looked like he had just like assassinated his <laughs> career too. The it, whole thing was a mess. Oh, and then just yeah. I guess if you if you haven't seen the picture, like you can just look through Twitter. It's like the Isaiah pick. Go on friendly bounce. We we co. <laughs> we didn't even talk about this that we that we rewrote um, two. We we rewrote two songs to be about the Isaiah pick. So if you're uh, if you're trying to figure out what this picture is we're talking about. Just go on Friendly Bounce and look up uh, the Isaiah pick and you'll you'll find those songs. <laughs> I mean, if you go to my account, I posted at least 15 times. <laughs> it's, it's probably, in terms of like, in terms of one utility picture, it serves the most purpose for me <laughs> on a daily basis. It's, it's so versatile. Like, you can hit anybody with it. They're no <laughs> going to get mad online about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can is it, yeah is, you can use it to make fun of someone like I'm laughing at you 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 just messed up but you can also use it like a good thing happened and you're just like mischievously enjoying it it's it's unbelievable I I didn't know that I mean like who knew when you signed up for twitter.com that a screenshot of Isaiah Thomas would change your life, but that's just, that's how things happen sometimes. <laughs> More than anything, I think that whole, he, that picture kind of is just like the Isaiah Thomas experience in one thing. He's like, he's got like this great mix of like incredible swagger plus his Napoleon complex <laughs> thing. It's just, it's really great. He, and the thing that was funny about it is they were looking, they were looking, that's probably like the most likable Celtics in recent history, yeah, <laughs> that was the thing that got everybody mad. <laughs> it's like it's like a really inoffensive team as far as the Celtics are concerned. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't know, for me, it's like that is the look where it's like 
you know I got away with something. They know you got away with something, and it's still gonna, it's still gonna stick as a result. For me, it's perfect. Uh, his, that smirk is like I don't know what he's doing with his face, but like that, it's like a half smile. Like it's just unbelievable. And then his little, like, I don't know if it's a shadow or like his little mustache is like he's almost puckering up. <laughs> It's so perfect. <laughs> yeah, so we. Re- I can't. I can't. I can't get over the whole. The whole situation was just really perfect for him. And I mean, tonight it was even better with him. If anybody saw the Celtics game tonight, he kind of had another Isaiah moment, which was just great. But basically, like Scalabrini was talking about how he was just torching the the Pelicans guard. So Isaiah goes over and talks into the microphone and said, "Yes, I am." <laughs> like that is Isaiah. He's like he's got that. He's got sort of the J.R. Smith thing about him, but just not like on Molly or anything. <laughs> <laughs> he he's unbelievable. It's like he like you kind of think sometimes like oh if he was. 6'4 or something, he'd be an all-star, but I don't, it's something about him being so small that, that just gives him this determination and, like, just this gigantic chip on his shoulder, like, he has to prove himself at all times, and it's just, it's unbelievable, like, just to watch him, when he, when he has it going, is just like, no one can stop him, like, I mean, he's, Right now, he's pretty much putting up a borderline all-star season, given how guard play hasn't really been great this year. So he's been playing really good. And, uh, it's, just, it's just amazing that that thought, especially the way he finishes in, in like, in really kind of close quarters above <laughs> much bigger defenders. It's like, he just kind of snakes past people. Yeah, it's, he, it, I mean, no wonder he was the last pick and. In the in the draft, like they list him at five nine, but he's got to be yeah five seven, like weighs like a hundred seventy. He's, he's closer to Nate Robinson than he is to Chris Paul. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. he like you just looking at him, it doesn't. I mean, obviously he's talented and he can shoot and he's quick, but you just think he's he's too small. He can't do it. But I don't know. He somehow finds like he just. He finds ways to get to the rim that just don't really make sense, I feel like. You're just watching it, and you're like, why, how, how did you even get to the rim? Like, why are you shooting the, okay, it's in. Like, just watching him is, is unbelievable. I, he, he's become one of my favorite players. Like, oh, yeah, so, so quickly. I mean, was, this, this year, he and Adrian Bradley are pretty much tied from my favorite player. But, like, Isaiah is, like, the flip side to the Rondo coin, where it's, like, Rondo makes those looks that shouldn't ever happen, but it seems like Isaiah kind of gets the basket in a way that it, it's just so counterintuitive. It's it's a different sort of creativity he has. Yeah. Just, like, the stop and starts that he has are just amazing, pretty much. He, he, like, how... He, like, the angles at which he, like... He, like, shifts his arms and, like, contorts himself where he can, like flip these shots under like people like under defenders arms like it's like when he 
you'd think he'd be too small to get into the lane, but like once he gets there, it's like it's like a big. I don't know, like a big. It's like a big predator trying to chase a small predator, and like like a big tiger or something chasing a rabbit, and like the rabbit's so quick he can like get under his legs and like run between him and stuff, and like you would think, oh, like the bigger guy should always win, but then Isaiah just kind of like sneaks around, and you don't really know what happened, but somehow the ball is like up on the rim, and it doesn't really make sense, but like it works. <laughs> that was a terrible way of explaining it, but. I, I don't know how to... It's weird. It's kind of like, in a way, he uses he uses the way, how small he is. He, like, uses it as, like, a wedge against the big man where he'll, like, stop and make them run into him, and then he'll use that to, like, propel himself forward. <laughs> it's really, it's nuts to watch. It's like, he, I've never seen, I've seen a lot of good small basketball players, but I've never seen anybody kind of use it against people to have, like, that sort of leverage. I... I'm so glad that they that they pulled the trigger on that trade for him, because he. It's like the. Like we were talking about um, before with those 08 teams or whatever. Um, you know that that whole crew how they were so great, but the basketball was was so often just so bad to watch, and like Isaiah just. Yeah. It's like he's he's such a gunner. And it's just like so entertaining to watch him, to watch him fire at will. Like he's, he's the most exciting. Like he he's obviously not as good as Pierce or KG or those guys, but like he's like more exciting in a way. Like it's more yeah, it's more thrilling. Like like a roller coaster. Like so sometimes it's gonna be really bad, and he he'll do things like the other night against the the Mavericks when. Uh, they, like, had a chance. It was, like, one of the first games of the year. And, like, they had the ball with two seconds left. Or they're down two with, like, 15 seconds left. And they get a rebound. And he just, instead of just, like, slowing down and trying to set up one last shot, he goes 100 miles an hour trying to get straight to the rim against five guys. And, like, dribbles the ball off his knee. And you're just like, oh, like, my God. But then, like, when he has it going, is just, no one can stop him. He's like this little just mini terror, like Tasmanian devil just running around, like terrorizing other teams, and they don't know what's happening, and all of a sudden he's gone on like an 11-3 to run by himself. Like, I think the, the part about it that's really fun is he manages to do a lot of that stuff where, where it doesn't feel like it's out of the flow of the offense. And the ball always moves anyway with how Steven kind of has it going, so it's like it's like you get the good team basketball play, plus he'll do those things within the system that are just like, it, it's really, it's, it's, it's a lot more aesthetically pleasing than the Docker race kind of team. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. It's just a totally different brand of basketball and different approach, pretty much reflecting where the league is right now. Yeah. Where you can be a really good defense and pass the ball well and have guys yeah. at every position that can shoot or things they can shoot like Salinger. But, uh, that's oh a different topic. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so done with Salinger. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we can't buy into this season what he's doing because it's definitely a contract thing, I, and he still hasn't lost any weight. So I think you get you got to just kind of 
if he has a good year and somebody gives him money, somebody gives him money, and you just move forward. Yeah, I really draft draft at that position anyway. There's probably going to be some good players to be had. I just can't. I can't watch him try to ISO people in the post anymore. Oh, it's so terrible. The the fadeaway the other night where he didn't even catch net or rim <laughs> was just so horrible. Uh, I I can't wait until him and and Evan Turner are gone. And I would even be fine with Olenek if he was willing to not wear the man bun. <laughs> but until that day comes. Yeah, we might have to get rid of all three, but Turner Turner is definitely I probably give him more grief than he deserves, but it's the way he plays rather yeah. than how he plays yeah. he drives insane. He like he's really he's really not terrible. he's not a terrible basketball player. And part of yeah. it part of it is he was picked so high that there's like an unfair expectations placed on you. But I mean honestly he's not He's not an awful basketball player, but... No, the, the thing I was always fighting against is, like, people were like, oh, well, Brad Stevens is going to fix him and he's going to be great. <laughs> and even when he's played for the Celtics under Stevens, there's not a lot of evidence that he's significantly better. And no. that's, like, the frustrating thing. That's kind of a Celtics fan thing. It's like they get somebody and they just assume he's going to be great all of a sudden. <laughs> and that's definitely, like, Twitter rails against that big time. It, it was an annoyance, and I also thought it was, like, counter towards developing the young guys to have them around. <laughs> he's just, like, uh, he's, like, the opposite of Isaiah. Like, when you're watching, like, Isaiah and, like, Avery Bradley, you get, it's, like, exciting, and you, like, can't yeah. wait, you, like, can't wait to see what they're going to do. It's, like, you know, it, it might not work. But it's gonna be like cool and fun, and Turner is oh, yeah. like the complete opposite. Like you know he's gonna do something, and it's probably not gonna work. But it's also just gonna be like so terrible to watch that you're just like you're just already holding your your hands over your face like before he has the ball, and like like the other night he he goes on this like step back crossover spin move combo. And you're just like, no, like, Ev. It's painfully methodical. It's like, so bad. You see it happening <laughs> way before it does. And not even, like, good moves like Paul Pierce. It's just, like, painful <laughs> to watch. Uh, and he... Uh, yeah, I, I sometimes feel like I, I'm too harsh on him, but... God, he just makes I me... I know I am, but... He, he makes me just hate watching basketball. Like... <laughs> His brand. I mean, did you see it the other night? Where uh, did you see where he refused to pass off in the break? Gets blocked, <laughs> gets his own rebound, travels, doesn't get called for it, and then gets swatted again. It's so great. It was like that was the Evan Turner experience. <laughs> <in> one <laughs> It's like you, in theory, like he should be good. Um. It's like. He has all the tools, and then you just but it, like you just know it's not going to work. Like whatever he's about to try, yeah, you just you're just expecting. It like he has no like no self awareness. <laughs> it's just a big part of the problem. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just done with with watching Evan Turner. I can't watch him anymore. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty done with it. But all things considered, having having Thomas on his contract for what what little stuff we gave up, and then having Bradley sign the contract that people thought was bad, and now it looks like one of the biggest steals in the NBA. Yeah, smart coming back point. I mean that's a that's a pretty good outlook at that like three guard position. Yeah, I I think the. Um like, that backcourt is, I mean, if Smart develops, like, if he can stay healthy and develops, like, I think that's, like, a really, really solid backcourt, especially, like, defensively. They're just a complete terror. Yeah. Like, he just, teams literally are, like, did you, I don't know if you've ever heard those stories from a few years ago. I think it was Courtney Lee. I'm not sure, but the guys are just basically asking Avery Bradley, like, please take it easy on me. Like, you're... Yeah, he just destroyed people in practice on a daily basis. Like, no, it was on the other team. Like, guys in the middle of games, like, you're playing too hard. Oh, yeah, Jameer Nelson. Yeah, that Jameer was it. Nelson Jameer was Nelson. <laughs> like, Bradley is just people, terrorizing people. But even in practice, they had to tell him to tone it down occasionally. Because <laughs> it would just be, like, just smothering people. And as good as Avery is, I think Smart's an even better defender. He's like he's got like Ron Artest potential in terms of like that strong perimeter defender that you just can't get pretty much get away from at all. Yeah, he's so he's so like thick. He's just like built. Yeah. It's it's crazy. But I I don't know. They they hopefully this Nets pick but they have to find some way to get a star because Yeah. I I mean maybe Smart de- I think Smart will develop eventually. You know, like I think Smart is a guy who can be a point guard on a championship team, and Bradley yeah. Bradley can I be. Feel and Bra- I think Bradley can, if maybe not a starter, like Bradley is a guy who who should be a player. You know, he can be a player on a championship team, but like other than that, the I mean, whole. This year, this year he seems like I mean he's been one of the best three and D players in the league yeah. this year. His shoot, his shooting is. I don't know the statistics. I don't have the stats in front of me, but just like from watching him, I feel like his shooting is just unbelievably improved since he first came into the league. Like when he when he pulls up yeah. for those mid range or like lets a corner three go, I used to just cringe and just assume like he was getting yeah. getting bricked off the back of the rim. But like now, I kind of expect him to go in. Like he. His improvement as a shooter is is pretty pretty incredible. I don't I don't know who to credit for that, but he's. I mean, he's done. A, he's. I mean, first and foremost, it goes to him. I mean, he's from all accounts, he's just like one of those gym rat type yeah. people. But uh, his form has gotten a lot more compact, kind of in a similar way. Like if you watch, like where Kawhi Leonard's jumper form was when he first came into the league to where it is now. Like, I've noticed that guys with, like, kind of more compact forms, really. I don't know, it, it just seems like a more consistently repeatable thing. And that's definitely one of those things you can see when you watch Bradley. It's gotten more compact. Yeah, he, I just, like, you can't, you just, like, appreciate some, like, how much effort he, he puts into everything. Like, you just can't not root for him when you you just see him like killing himself on every possession. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he won me over when he, I mean, I already liked him, but, like, just the way he fought through, like, that, just the year when his, like, shoulders were popping out and he mm-hmm. refused to, like, let that be a hindrance. It was, like, definitely, it was, like, that really got me, like, <laughs> I got my adrenaline pumping just watching him, how he played through that. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, I just, I think he's a good kid. He's just, like, like, the perfect type of pro person to have in that locker room. Um, so, before, before we, uh, wrap up, I don't, like, we don't have any, like, plans, but I feel like we have to talk about, about KG. We've been talking about the Celtics. We have to talk about, about KG's dunk on, uh... Oh, that was, it was fire. It was good. Uh, and that was, that was the Considering everything he's gone through with, like, the knee to bribe men's and stuff, at, like, 38, doing that shouldn't be possible. <laughs> that was, like, a... It was as if he got, like, a cortisone injection that, like, on the previous possession, like, got one and then, like, ran down the court. Like, it was only good for one possession. And it just made him feel like he was 19 again. <laughs> he just... He went up and just oh, yeah. banged that on, on Griffin's head. <laughs> and, like, I feel like... Uh, Carl Towns' reaction made it all perfect. <laughs> it just, it was so great. Carl, Carl is trying so hard to be KG, and I love it. He, he went for the, like, super sane, like, flex scream uh, combo. That was just, just unbelievable. But uh, it was good. did you see uh, earlier? Did you see earlier in the year when Towns had like he hit a jumper, then he went back on the other end, got a huge block, and then came up and hit like the KG signature like eighteen footer. <laughs> KG on the bench just loses his <laughs> mind. Like, like he, he's reacting like he just won a championship. And it was pretty much an irrelevant sequence in the loss. I don't know. Just just seeing KG get to be KG again is probably the best part of the season seeing him work with those young guys. Just, yeah. That, that is, like, a perfect rebuild situation going on. Yep. I, like, KG, I feel like can just, he could completely just ruin some young guy's career. Like, if if they're not, oh, yeah. <laughs> if, like, if they're, like, not conditioned to, to take what KG's going to demand for them, from them, like, I could see him just completely torpedoing somebody's confidence, but it's like if you buy into what KG is selling, which it seems like Towns is, is like I couldn't imagine like he just he knows so much about the game, like it's I mean he's basically been a like he's basically an assistant coach. I don't know if he plays, but like I mean he, he might as well just be a, a big man's coach. Like he's not really doing anything on the court for them. Like Towns is just going to have so many little tricks and, like, just become such a, a nuisance, I feel like, with uh, his little KG moves. Like, I, I just can't wait. Towns, Towns was, like, I wanted the Celtics to be bad enough to get Towns so bad, but obviously they made the playoffs. So, like, oh, I, yeah. I just love Towns. Like, I he, mean... Is there is there a young core in the league you'd rather have than Towns Wiggins? I can't even no. I can't even think of anything I'd rather have going forward other than just like the the Warriors are kind of in their own class, but I don't think yeah. there's a young group of players I'd rather have 
than what the Wolves have right now. No, like, yeah, like the Warriors are basically, I mean, they've already won a title. Like, they're young, but I don't, like, if you're talking about, like, like, the next four or five years, like, guys who aren't, like, superstars yet, like, yeah, that Minnesota group, they both should, but they both easily could be all-stars for, like, a decade in a row. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't don't know if it's enough to win you a title, but, like, that Minnesota team's going to be a problem. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where... It's rare when you have two elite talents that have demeanors like they have that are also, like, complementary of one another. Yeah. Like, just the, just the way they both defend, the way they both kind of have skill sets that get them to the hoop a lot, and, and they can... Uh, uh, it, it seems like they're both going to have good three-point shots for the rest of their <laughs> career, and that's insane with Towns. Yeah, it's like... Towns, it was like the first week. And Towns is just out here hitting, like, 18-footers on people. It's just like, what? Like, <laughs> did not, like, did, did not expect him. I expected him to be good, but, like, he's so polished already. Like, he's hitting people with that over-the-shoulder oh, yeah. pass in the post. Like, young Sabonis is, is unbelievable how good he is already. <laughs> not fair. <laughs> I mean, he's, 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 he's so cerebral. And that... That's in like every 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 facet of the game. It's like he knows what shots to take, when to take them, in the flow of the game. He, I haven't seen a young big man who can pass like that. Plus, he's like he's already the best defender on their team as a team defender, which usually takes big men a few years. It took like Gobert. It took him like two years before he started to be noticed with that. It's just like Towns from day one was already their best defender. Yeah. That shouldn't be possible. <laughs> That's uh, isn't that what they say about RJ? About like, um, like completely switching. Complete tangent, but uh, like that's why the Celtics love RJ so much. Is that like he already just knows yeah. exactly what to do, and like he hasn't even played five games or whatever, like. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I think he's gonna be. I think he's just gonna be one of those guys. who's just like a long time pro. Yeah. Maybe. I get Jason it's hard Terry to say that if somebody's gonna end up being a Kyle Korver type shooter, but he he definitely has a stroke, and the way he, the way he defends, rebounds, and passes the ball like really bodes well. I think. Yeah, I. I'm an RJ fan. Um, but anyways, back yeah, back to the Wolves. Um, it's like that group is just so fun. It's like they're oh yeah they're good. Wiggins and Towns and Rubio and Levine. It's like plus with like old KG and old Andre Miller. Like I would just honestly just watch like a daily documentary of that of that team. Like it's just an unbelievable mix of like personalities and and uh, skill sets and stuff. Like I. I don't know. I I'm a. I mean, I wish. I wish they had done like that, like they had been doing on NBA TV for a while, like where it's like the unscripted kind of thing. They just follow like a hard knocks type situation yeah. where it was that team would just be great. It's like I can't even imagine the, like stories KG tells. It's. <laughs> I feel like it. 
if you're the like you it could get just like so like he could get just so obnoxious but like I bet during times that KG is just was just unbelievable to be around. <laughs> oh yeah. He's just like an all time character in terms of the NBA. <laughs> and I, that's a that's one of the things I think he's way more likable than people give him credit for. He definitely if you were in like a rivalry with him, you would detest everything about him. Like if you're in like the where the heat were, kind of like where that core was and stuff. But he's just like he's just one of those guys where if he's on your basketball team it's a way more enjoyable experience. He, I don't think you really under, understand the KG thing unless he's on their team. Yeah. He, it's just, like, he, like, people, like, say, like, Kobe's the greatest competitor or whatever, but, like, KG is just, like, the dude just, the dude wants to win so bad. He's just, like, headbutting the stanchion before the game, like, just screaming his lungs out, like, I, I could just, like, I don't know how he has that energy to, like, do that every single night, but, like, he didn't, like, he, it's an 82-game season, like, the Celtics are playing in the playoffs all the time, and he's just, he's, like, completely amped up on, like, level 100, like, the whole time. It's just, like, how, how are you still this, like, how are you still going this hard right now? Like, it's a Tuesday night in February, and we just blew out, like, the magic. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, Doc always felt like that could be, like, at times a little bit misplaced. I think the weird thing, when I think about, like, KG and Kobe, I think they both had a similar desire to win. The thing that's interested, interesting to me about KG is, like, you know, he is probably the most intense Editor of his generation, but would never compromise on what he thought was like a winning way of basketball in terms of team play. And I think that was frustrating for a lot of people in Minnesota because, like, here's this guy with all the talent in the world who is still making the extra pass and stuff, and he could destroy people. Mm-hmm. But it, it's weird that his adrenaline and just like the whole being him thing never really got in the way of what he thought was good team basketball. Yeah, and that's like. That's that's the similarity between him and Duncan. That I think those two are just the way they're kind of linked together is always fascinating. I think they're more alike than they are dissimilar. But that that for me about KG is like he never compromised anything about what he thought was best for the team at any given point in time. Yeah, he. I feel like he's he's going to be. Um... Like, when you talk about, like, the greatest players, I feel like he's going to be a guy who's always underrated. You know, like, people just, since those... Oh, yeah. Uh, like, since those Wolves teams... De- I mean, like, they made the playoff... They made the one Western Conference Finals, I think, but, um... Like, they weren't, um... Like, they weren't really a playoff force or whatever. Like, people forget, just... Like, go back and watch those KG videos from like, early 2000s, like, the dude is just a monster. He's a machine. And the crazy thing was just at that size, his handle and passing, like, like, Sam Cassell gets hurt in that 4 run that they had, and all of a sudden, KG is the starting point guard. Yeah. (laughs) Like, literally running the team as a point guard on the perimeter. It just, 
plus, like, it, it's, I think a lot gets lost after what happened with, like, his knee debridement and all the different problems yeah. he had with his knee from 09 on. But I, I've never seen a, a player that versatile. And if you look at, like, if you look at his, like, win shares during that period where kind of Kobe and Duncan were, like, the more heralded guys, KG's win shares just, like, dwarf them pretty much. <laughs> like, his statistics are insane. That 04, 04, like, 03, 04, 05, which is not insane. Totally insane. Yeah, um, hold on, I'm, I'm looking up, like, I'm looking it up right now. Um, his stats, but yeah, okay. So, in, so from 03, to 07, he averaged over 22 points and like 13 rebounds a night for like four years straight. <laughs> like while also plus like four and a half assists. <laughs> like to 2004, to the 04-05 season, he averaged 22, 13 and six as like a seven footer, like post postman, but. <laughs> could legitimately guard every position on the court. He, I mean, Draymond Green does that at, like, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, KG was doing that at, like, 7'2". He's, he's unreal. I don't think we'll ever... I mean, Anthony Davis is a little bit like him. I don't think he has the defensive instincts that Garnett no, has. No, 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 no. He, Davis is, like, a great... Um, a great help defender, like he comes over for a lot of like huge yeah. blocks. But like KG was basically running, like he was running that whole defense. Like he he had every single other person in the right position. Like he was always in the right position himself. Like he just knew everything that was supposed to be going on, and and then also could like execute it himself. Like was an unbelievable. De- defender himself like I think I think like Marcus Saul in terms of like Duncan too in terms of like positioning and like yeah the way that like KG was able to like just basically see everything that was about to unfold and like make sure everyone was in the right position like I think Gasol kind of does that a little bit for Memphis like he's obviously not the athlete yeah he definitely but, does um and Garnett, Garnett, like, watching him play pick and rolls on the perimeter was just, like, amazing, especially with that team, with the, with the, how the, how the, uh, basically how those guards could blitz the ball handler and, and the other guards the wings to get into the passing lanes. Casey was just destroying teams in the pick and roll as a defender, <laughs> which I, I haven't seen anybody that mobile at his size on the perimeter. And it, it looks like, I mean, like, I mean, like, Willie Cauley-Stein looks really good at it, and his is probably, like, a fraction of what Garnett could do. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't, I don't know if you've been on, on Twitter while we were talking, but uh, there's, like, all these, you know, Darius, um, Darius Morris, who used to be on the Lakers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. 
So he's like send. Did you see all those tweets that were like sending out? Uh, like there's a bunch of tweets coming from his account about basically like how Byron is a joke and like, uh, like Co- everyone loves Kobe but no one wants to play with him because like he just he won't stop shooting and stuff and then like uh, just you he was just trashing the whole Lakers organization. And then, like, uh, that dude Shams came out of nowhere with, like, about how Morris said he contacted, like, the Players Association because his Twitter account got hacked. <laughs> and then, and, and then, and then uh, Andrew Lynch is saying, tweeted uh, about how, like, D'Angelo Russell is, like, quickly throwing uh, Darius Morris's phone into the river. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, sure. D'Angelo. I mean, I mean, Russell just said that post game. He just said that the team passed was better without Kobe, and he doesn't understand anything that Byron Scott told him. <laughs> like D'Angelo, like was probably so excited to get picked by the Lakers, and now is just probably going home every night, just like laying in bed, staring at the staring at the ceiling, like until three a.m., <laughs> just wondering what the hell happened. Like, my God, like, you, you get drafted. It, it, Go ahead. Uh, is there a worse situation in the NBA than the Lakers? Netwithstanding, because I don't think they're an NBA team. <laughs> is there anything... Is there, is, there a, is there a worse situation in basketball than the Lakers? Like, I never thought I'd see this with the Lakers in my lifetime. No, like, uh, our boy Hiken calls them the... Like the real, the real housewives of of like Los Angeles, or like Time Warner Cable Sports or something like that. I forget what he calls them, but it's Time Time Warner Cable's real Los Angeles Lakers of Hollywood. <laughs> it's just like, like you can't even really explain it. Like, unless you've been kind of following along, like, this whole storyline since Dwight and, like, Nash came aboard, like, how, it doesn't even, like, totally make sense, and I've been paying attention the whole time, like, how did it get this bad? <laughs> it's like, just the, just the way that the, the Jackson, I mean, it all, it started, it probably started with Phil Jackson leaving and kind of the weird dynamic of, well, he's, he's dating or engaged the owner's daughter who's now, like, the principal owner. And, like, you had that dynamic clashing with the fact that they hired D'Antoni over giving the, the reins of the, really, the team as a presidency to Phil Jackson. And she hated D'Antoni. And then it seemed like she pushed for Byron while Jim Bus didn't want that. <laughs> and now nobody can stop Kobe because Byron's basically his enabler. <laughs> and it's like they have they have so many great like, like they have really really good young players that are playing like eighteen to twenty two <laughs> tonight. They're not developing them at all. Like it looks like Nick Young's about to get traded. <laughs> it's, I've never I've never seen them like this. In my lifetime, they've always been like stability to the max. It's like uh, Nick, Nick Young called like called him out for being like a circus or whatever, and then like the next day, yeah. the next day he had like a DNP coach's decision, and now 
like three days later, he's about to get shipped out of town. And, like, it just feels like the whole team just knows that this season... It's like they just turn this season into, like, Kobe's retirement tour and just don't care what else happens. Like, everything else is just a sideshow. And D'Angelo oh, yeah. and, like, Julius Randle and... Uh, Clarkson. Uh, Clarkson are just kind of sitting over in the corner, like, uh, like guys, like, like what's going on? <laughs> it's, it's like they don't realize, like they have to realize how good these guys are. But it's like, Byron's running out Brandon Bass, and like, God, I love Brandon Bass, but come on, like, not, yeah. not, not now. And like, Lou Williams, hey, uh, it's. I don't even know, like, how how can you be that, like, as a as an NBA coach, like, Byron knows more about basketball than, than I'll ever know, but, like, how can, yeah. like, how can you not fix this situation, like, how can you not make this situation better than it is, like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be this bad, their roster is not, okay. their roster is not, like, the Nets. Like, they have legitimate NBA no, no. players on their roster, and it's just a complete disaster. Like, There's a real toxic element to it. Like, really, really bizarre, what appear to be really bizarre behind-the-scenes dynamics, because it's like, it's like Byron has clearly placed himself in the Kobe Bryant camp, where he's aligning him with the, with the franchise legend uh, to a detriment, really. And uh, basically the dynamic is, like, James Worthy and Magic Johnson, who are the guys who will criticize the Lakers no matter what, they can't criticize him because he's their teammate, and they also can't criticize him because he's doing well by a Lakers legend who's, like, currently destroying the young players' potential (laughs) by not letting them get developed. So it's like, there just doesn't seem to be a fix to the situation in sight because they said they're not going to fire Byron. So it's like... It's like all they can do is hope and pray that Kobe actually retires. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could he could get to the end of it and pull a fire, and that would be like the biggest. <laughs> that would just be a fiasco. <laughs> That's like I don't know if you ever watched Arrested Development, but the yeah, like the scene when when George Michael like comes home and just like slowly, like just slowly collapses onto the floor. I feel like that's D'Angelo Russell every night when he gets home. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's definitely wearing on him. Him and, him and Randall and Clarkson seem like like they're they're really messed up by the situation. I, how it's like you... obviously I don't want them. To, obviously I don't want them to do too well because they're the Lakers. But I like those young players. It's just like that situation is so bad. I've never I've never seen something that shambolic or crazy on that level it's like yeah it's, it just feels like they're almost just being held hostage by by Kobe like oh yeah like he, he said tonight he said tonight you gotta take what the defense gives gives you <laughs> and he's and not he shoots into four defenders <laughs> He's out here heaving like twenty eight footers in in double coverage and talking about he's gotta take what the defense gives you. 
It's like how how could you not though it, as a as a young player like you're excited. All right, I'm finally in the league. Like this is my chance. Like and every day you got to walk into the facility and like there's Byron and Kobe like just torpedoing your career and you have to somehow like just keep trying to get better when you can't can't ever get in the game because Lou Williams and Brandon Bass are like taking your minutes. <laughs> like the, the funniest thing is that like Byron Byron criticizes Russell for execution, right? And Kobe Kobe's yellow three have <laughs> reached like Andrew Bonham proportion. Where he's like he's like ten feet off the line and he's not doing it because he's Steph Curry. I think in an analytics thing, he's doing it because he can't get past anybody anymore and he doesn't care. It's just the whole, I've never, I, I, I thought it was going to be more fun to watch the Lakers in like a destructive situation like this, but it's more sad than anything else. It's, yeah, it's, it's just like depressing. Like he's, yeah. Cause you can, it's like, it's like everyone, like every single person watching besides Kobe and Byron and maybe even Byron to an extent, like just see this complete disaster unfolding, but like no one can stop it. And it's just like keeps rambling along and you know, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, but no one is in like the only people who have a, like the ability to stop it just either have no interest or are too clueless to know like that's happening. It's, it's really. It really, it's not. It's it's not only just how bad Kobe plays. Like, in terms of letting his basically face no criticism while giving the other players a different set of rules that they've got to live by. Like that. That's years and years of messed up effects with a lot of those players, yeah. especially the ones that are going to stay around long term. <laughs> I. Because how, how can you take, like, how can you take someone seriously who bashes you for your execution when somebody, <laughs> like, like, we've seen some of the Kobe possessions this year, and I, the only execution in that is him getting put down at the end of the day, like, hold your <laughs> it's, it's that bad. Wait, he's, like, dribbling, he's, like, have you ever seen that, uh, that vine of, like, kids who, like, the Kemba Walker vine where the kid just keeps dribbling through his legs as hard as he possibly can. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's that's in like a pickup that's game. That's basically where Kobe is at. <laughs> it's so bad. And like that uh the that like first minute in Philadelphia where he just drilled those three threes was so great. It was like it gave him the confidence to just fire off like fifteen more, and you're just like, uh. I mean, at this point in time, isn't he like for a volume shooter? Isn't he having basically like the worst basketball season of all time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's so like, it's just sad. I like, I guess you feel like you can't just call it quits like effective immediately, like when you're Kobe. You know, like you're kind of on this retirement tour now, but like it's so bad. Yeah, it's it's really kind of pathetic 
at like at its like at its root, it's mostly pathetic, and it's like I understand like the question comes down to is your dignity worth twenty five million dollars? <laughs> because I I wouldn't give up that twenty five million. I'd rather make an ass of myself than not get paid. <laughs> and really. I don't think they would care if he just took the money and just, like, went on a retirement tour, like, without barely playing. I don't even think they would care. Like, he's done so much for the franchise that, like, they'd probably just give him $25 million as, like, a retirement gift. But, like... Oh, he's, he's brought in so much revenue for them. But this like, is just... It, it, I don't know. It's, it's like, he, he so badly wants to wants to be great still and he just it's, it's just like his brain is just like willing him like just willing it to happen and his body is just like nah I'm I'm good like we're good fam <laughs> it's also I mean like obviously the injuries but it's it's kind of like when you watch like other players of his generation a lot of them like actually made concessions and changed their games over time. Yeah, like Vince. For better or worse, Kobe just had no interest in doing that. No. Like, Vince, like, imagine, imagine Kobe, I mean, he couldn't do it on the Lakers, but, like, imagine Kobe on the, on the Spurs or, like, the Thunder or the Heat or the Cavs or something as, like, an eighth man just coming off the, off the bench playing, like, 10 to 15 minutes a night just... Like I feel like he could, if he committed himself to that role, like could just absolutely torch teams' benches, like second units. It's just like that would be so fascinating to see him on like a a real title contender again. But he just has, yeah. Like he he can only be Kobe, and it's like Kobe is the greatest of all time. Like that's who I am. Like I can't. It, it's like, it's like he, for some reason he sees. He sees going out like this, like just firing thirty shots a night, like just tossing up air balls. Like he he sees he feels like that leaves him with more dignity than like winning a title as the eighth man on the Cavs. Yeah, and, and I mean, like obviously his salary made it such that he couldn't. There's no no one's going to trade for that twenty five million. Even next year when the cap is up, nobody would trade. Nobody would have traded for like twenty five million. But really, it's like it's interesting to see how guys like. I think like Paul Pierce is probably like the, like he is the guy who changed his game to suit it, and how cool it was to see that experience on the Wizards last year. Oh. So let's see, like how Vince Carter, Vince Carter decided to be like an ace role player, something like that, and it's just, or like how Tim Duncan is kind of now in his stature with the Spurs. It's just for whatever reason, Kobe. It was only going to be his way. Yep. And I guess there is some, there's like a really weird, bizarre kind of gunslinger integrity to it. <laughs> kind of like how Brett Favre was at the end of his career. Where it was like, for better or worse, this is who I am. Yeah. And it's like, like I, don't know, I, I think I think he could have got away with parts of it had he not dealt with like the Achilles and the shattered. Yeah. Team, it's just a joke at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Obviously, that determination or whatever got him to this point, but he just he he can't let it go. Is like he just so badly wants that one last like glorious moment, and he'd rather he'd rather just 
like go out as a burning pile of garbage trying to get that one moment by himself than like actually get it with someone else's help. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's the whole way it's been managed so badly. I mean, going back to just like the Dwight Howard creation, see, like everything has been managed so poorly. It's almost unbelievable in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's like, at the end of the day, it's the Lakers, though. So I, I enjoy it at least on that level. <laughs> you, you do get to feel bad for a lot of young players, especially like Jordan Clarkson. Like, he seems like the real deal in terms of like, yeah, he can play. One guard playing. Um, you, you have any other, anything else you wanna, wanna talk about? Other, I mean, we can, we can always extend this to a, another pod for some other day, but. Yeah, I'd like to do that where we get into Chris Stapps on another day. All right. Just, uh, his, the Chris experience will have to be get its own pod. <laughs> that sounds good. I I think this is a good place to to just call it quits for for tonight for uh for this episode. That sounds good. Man. All right, that was uh I'm Jack. That's my my boy Ryan talking some hoops. Hopefully we'll we'll have you on again sometime. Um, Catch you guys That'd be later. cool, man. I always get the friendly balance is good by me, man. It's the best. <laughs> you know? So, always All happy right. to talk basketball. Yeah, for sure. All right. We'll catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.